días. Buenos días. So good to be with you today. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Carlos, and if you're checking us out or you're newer to Evergreen, uh, this is such an important conversation that you're walking into, because here is what I want you to know. I want you to know why we exist as a faith community. For those of you who've been here, you know that we exist for two things, to love God and love people. That's our purpose. And our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus here, near, and far. Isn't that an incredible purpose and mission for a faith community? Yeah. Amen? Yes. And you're all invited to that. But here's what you also need to know. We are not unique in this purpose and mission. As a matter of fact, this has been the church's purpose and mission for the last 2,000 years. And we get to share in that. Because all we've simply done is we've taken the great commandment and the great commission, which is the two greatest things that the church should be aware about, and we've modernized them for our language here today. And so we're not being innovative in our purpose and in our mission, nor should we have to. That has already been done for us. It's pretty much heaven sent. Does that make sense? But can I tell you about our vision? Our vision is as unique as this outfit. I mean, it is one of a kind, right? It is tailor-made. It is suited for our space and time. It is something that us as a leadership team, we have sought God to bring clarity to so that we can contextualize our vision for this space in Oregon, for our county, for our community with the families that we get to serve, which so many of you are here today or watching online. And I am excited about our vision. And our vision for chapter 32, which is what we call our current season in leadership, can be rooted in three words. It's built up from three words, and I want you to say them with me. They're going to be behind me. They are the best place. Say that with me. The best place. Whoa, that was really good. Online, you can type the best place because our vision is to be the best place for kids and youth in Washington County. We want to be the best place for authentic relationships, and we want to be the best place for generous people. And today, my goal here in the next 25 to 30 minutes is to invite and ignite you to imagine more in becoming the best place for authentic relationships. And here's what you need to know about that statement. It actually stands or it's inspired um, from one of the values, one of the core values that we have as a faith community. And that value is this. You'll find it on our website. You'll hear us say it often. At Evergreen, we believe our lives are meant to be experienced in diverse community. That is a value that we have, and that is what we are after. And so today, I want us to consider what exactly that means, and where do we draw that inspiration from. And um, in case you're curious, all that we do that's of any significance comes from God's Word. And so, of course, this vision comes from God's Word, particularly in the uh, time in history where Jesus gave birth to his church, where the church was established here on earth, and that happens in Acts chapter what? 
2, Acts chapter 2. And so I want to go there with you. It's going to be on the screen or you can follow along in your Bibles. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 30. I'm sorry, 42. I'm going to read out of the NLT, the New Latino Translation. Okay? It says this. All the believers, all of them, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and in sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And here's the verse that I really was captivated by. Verse 46, it says, They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared with their meals and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Verse 47 says, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being what? Saved, Saved transformed, made new, forgiven of their sins brought into, adopted into the family of God. That's what that means. And so here's what I observed. Since its birth, Christian community, many of us refer to it as the church, we've practiced this rhythm that's twofold. Large group gatherings, large group gathering celebrations, we see that at the temple, and life together in small groups. They met in homes. And so as we invite you as a church to authentic relationships, we're actually not suggesting anything innovative. Think iPhone 15. <laughs> it's just 14 package for 2023, isn't it? But somehow Apple still gets my money every two to three years. I don't know how they do it. Pray for me, right? And so our ambition to be the best place for authentic relationships, it's really our desire to practice the very rhythm set in motion by the Holy Spirit, beginning with the first church. We just want to do what the original church did. That's what we want to do. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this in his classic writings, Life Together. He said, Christian brotherhood is not an ideal which we must realize. It is rather a reality created by God in Christ, in which we may participate. In other words, we do not have to strive to creating, create anything. We simply have to say yes to what God has already designed and made for us. We believe that is authentic relationships. And so when we say we want to be the best place for authentic relationships, here's what we're saying. Jesus, we don't want something new. We simply want you and the life that you have sacrificed to give us. Amen. Jesus, we want nothing short of that and nothing more of that. Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes, and I will be using the words authentic relationship, community, small groups, life together interchangeably. Um, so keep up, right? In an effort to provide just a clear understanding of what we mean by that, because we all use uh, both the spiritually resolved and unresolved. We use this word community, but I want to give us 
a, a working definition. And I'm going to do what all good preachers do. I'm going to steal from another preacher, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to steal this definition from Mark Comer. Um, and he defines community as this. I really like it. Intentional relationships around the way of Jesus. That is what we're talking about. Intentional relationships around the way of Jesus. In other words, here's what I want you to know. If you're checking us out, I'm going to just spill the beans. We have a desired outcome. We have a focus. There's an orientation to our relationships, and that is a person. It is a man, and his name is Jesus. That is who we gather around. And so I want to be clear at Evergreen, we want relationships that move us towards Jesus and grow us to becoming more like Jesus. He's the goal. He's the why. And so if, if you think that we're gathered for entertainment, you're going to be let down. If you think that our, the glue to our community is a common political ideology or worldview or even denominational distinctives and beliefs, then you are missing the central piece. The reason why we gather is around a God-man, the historical Jesus of the Bible, the only man to live the perfect, sinless life, the only man to beat death and resurrect his physical body and offer a fresh start for everyone who, to, or, to or to believe in him with a fresh start with their creator and their heavenly father who absolutely loves us. Amen? And so we sing this song, Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. Those are the words that describe why we gather. And so how are we going to begin to experience or build on this authentic relationships oriented around the way of Jesus? I believe that we start very simply by two words, and that's, Small groups. Say that with me. Small groups. You know, they've been described throughout Christian history and tradition and practice in many ways. Life groups, community groups, discipleship groups, cell groups. The real cool, the real cool churches now call them uh, tribes and crews. What you call them doesn't matter as much as what they do for you and for others. So can I tell you about what they do? This is why... We're after small groups. Small groups are the incubator for authentic relationships. Can you see that? And so if you want authentic relationships, if you feel like you are living without, give small groups a try. And for these reasons and more, I am so excited about what God is doing in chapter 32, particularly around the community of men that he is building during this season because for the last year or so, more and more men have gathered around quarterly events and small groups, and we've done a, all kinds of fun stuff together. Uh, we have bowled, we have golfed, we have cornholed, we've met and uh, studied the Bible and talked about life and gotten to know each other. And so as we are getting ready to launch a second year in men's ministry, then um, I am so excited that there are more opportunities for men to get to do life together. 
And here's, I want to speak to the men for a couple of minutes. Here's the thing about this, men. You do not have to wait long to get in on the action because this Wednesday we are having our axe-throwing event at Blue Ox in downtown Hillsboro. And so this is your invitation. If you've been waiting for invitation, me to you. Wednesday, meet me there at 6 to 8. It's going to be a great time, and you are invited. Just let me know you're coming. Yeah, just let me know you're coming. You can do that by emailing me at carlos at ecc4.org. And if it's just too late, you've already booked your Wednesday night, then you don't have to wait long. Because next, uh, next month, um, sorry, in a couple of months, in November 4th, we're going to have our second annual cornhole tournament and you men are invited to come and it's it's your name in history if you can win that tournament because we will put your name on that trophy just so you know (laughs) we have a trophy for this tournament and if you're saying you know what I'm not a cornholer well let me just tell you that John Kellerman's making brisket and so please at least come for the brisket Yeah, isn't that exciting? (laughs) And so we want you to know that we're giving these opportunities to you men, and some of you might see the list. You might consider the activities, and you might ask, Carlos, where is the spiritual formation? Where's the prayer? Where's the fasting? Where is the serving? Well, that is a valid question, and in order to answer that, I have to tell you our why. And in doing that, I'm going to be giving away all of our secrets. I'm going to let you read the playbook. You guys ready for this? See, first of all, every single one of these events was handpicked and decided because we believe that every single one of them gives an opportunity for relational birthing and building, which we believe is the basis for spiritual formation. I'm going somewhere with this. Consider Jesus' invitation to his disciples and think about how relational it was. What were his first words to uh, Peter and Andrew? Come, follow me. In other words, I translate that, I understand it to mean Jesus was telling his first followers, come and begin a what? Relationship with me. Jesus looked at these men and he said, come, Learn my ways, get to know me, see life through my lens, be my disciple. And we know that these first followers, they literally left careers and family and community to do this thing, to have a day-to-day relationship with Jesus. And we believe that it was this day-to-day relationship that began to form their new way of existing in the world. And so this is my argument. Spiritual, spiritual formation begins with relationship. And it's really a two-sided coin. The first and most important relationship is your relationship with your heavenly father, your relationship with God. And so we need to learn to live uh, what one of our mentors would describe as the L-shaped life And that's that we need to know that we are called to have a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. But we also need to know that we are called and designed to have authentic relationship with others. So I'm going to try to do a little L here. Do you see it? 
And at the basis of this life is love, not only receiving God's love, but giving uh, love to others. And so the spiritual, uh, the foundation for spiritual formation is relationships. And so every single one of those activities is designed with this in mind. Because axe throwing is much funner with other people. If you're really going to play cornhole, you need a buddy, and it helps to have two more. If you're going to go on a hike, it's always fun to go in a group. And if you're going to golf, it's fun to make it a competition. And so each and every one of those activities is a side-by-side activity. And here's the truth. The activity itself can be interchanged. The activity matters less than what happens between the activity. Because what happens between the activity, the organic conversations, the high fives, the, hey, I noticed you're wearing a duck's hat. Man, we really humbled Coach Prime last night, didn't we? (laughs) Or the, hey, I noticed you're driving that car. Check out the car I'm rebuilding. Or the, hey, I know you're struggling with your marriage. Can we meet up for coffee? Because I want to tell you what God did to restore my marriage. Or the, hey, I'm struggling with that too. Can we call each other weekly? to keep each other accountable and encourage one another? What is that? That is the sound of authentic relationships being birthed and growing. And that's the goal. So men, that's the intention. That's what we invite you to. I've given you my playbook. And so I want to invite you, now that you know what we're up to, would you consider saying yes? Would you consider to being a part of this community of men that is going to orient their lives and be intentional about the ways of Jesus. I want you to pray about that, and I hope it's a yes. But my excitement is not limited to what God is doing with the men's ministry. I'm also excited about the new young adult group that we just launched. Right, last Sunday, yep, you can make some noise because young adults, they like to make noise any opportunity they make, right? This is what we do. And you notice I said we, right? <laughs> well, we are uh, we're so excited about authentic relationships for young adults, which, you know, we've, we've defined as 18 to 24-year-olds. And last Sunday, we had our first barbecue. It was, just, it was just a launch, just gathering them. And we met at the new leader's house. Shout out to Scott and Amber Thomas, who are amazing. And we were just thrilled uh, that 18 young adults showed up to this thing, and we, we enjoyed food and conversation and games, and we got to hear from Scott and Amber and their heart for, for this group, and we got to pray for them, and it was just an incredible, incredible afternoon. But here's what gets me excited, because I went away from there, and I was thinking about the fact that For these young adults, some of them, as as many as the next six years, right, if I did my math correctly, the next six years, they're going to be going through some of these life experiences. Check it out. I have a list. They're going to be, some of them will enter college. Some of them will graduate college, right? Some are going to, they're going to start their career, um, or they're going to explore a couple. Some are going to get into a very serious relationship, and some are going to get their heart seriously broken, Right? Some could even get married and have children, hopefully in that order, right? (laughs) But there's grace and love for you if it doesn't work out that way. Some are going to make their big purchase. They're going to buy a car, a home, or a mattress. (laughs) That's huge. It's a big decision. 
Some, they, they, they are no longer going to be under their family's faith wing and household, so they're going to decide to deconstruct. And we hope that they will decide to construct their personal faith and biblical truth. And then some are going to experience their first major life crisis. Now, that's some big stuff, isn't it? Do you remember those days? Yeah. Now, consider all that they're experiencing and the gift that it's going to be for them to have peers to walk alongside them. But not only peers, but have mentors. Mentors with a, with a few more scars and a little more wrinkles that have the place in life to offer a different vantage point. To offer the ministry of presence and listening and provide words of encouragement and hope simply because they've gone before them. Isn't it of great value for our faith community is going to say yes to making space for these young adults to have authentic relationships during such a formative time in their lives? Isn't that such a gift? That excites me. And I'm so excited for the young adults here in the next few years. And then lastly, the other thing that I'm excited for is our growing diverse community. And when you hear the word diversity, we want you to know that it definitely means multicultural, uh, multi-race. We want to mirror the community that we live in. But it also doesn't just end in that. We, when we think about diversity, we think of diversity across the spiritual spectrum. I've heard it described like this. Some of us are spiritually resolved. Others are spiritually unresolved. And so we want to be a church of diversity, which means that every week, we want to be a welcoming place for people who still have questions, doubts, and criticisms about the Christian faith. We want you to know that you are welcome here. If that's you or if you're watching online, you are welcome here because you can belong before you agree or believe. And one of the spaces that we thought of that for you is the Alpha Group. And this is our second uh, small group experience that we're offering for launch. And so uh, for Alpha, um, and I was able to experience the first one. And let me just tell you, what an incredible, uh, incredible study. Eight weeks of good, good content, foundational uh, Christian belief, and some of the big life questions that all of us should wrestle with at some point in our lives. And this is a place where you can come with those questions and doubts and criticisms and be heard and discuss it in a group where people have committed to the same experience. And so if that's you today, don't hesitate to sign up. Or if there's someone that you know that would benefit from this conversation, then encourage them to sign up. And it might mean that you're going to do it along with them. And that's okay. That's a good, good thing. And if that doesn't make you want to say yes, there is kid care and dinner served every night. I mean, come on. <laughs> I want to do it. Again, right? They don't let me. I already asked. <laughs> and so um, here's what I want to leave us with. Our, our, what, what do I want you to do? I, I want you to do four things. As you think about authentic relationships, life groups, community, doing life together, I want you to think about four things. You ready? You can write them down. You can do a mental note. 
Uh, but the first one is this. I want you to give a small group a real chance. Now, I want to define what a real chance is. Uh, the first thing I think about is not holding the present opportunity to participate in a small group hostage because a previous bad experience. Some of us, when we hear small groups, we think of that time where we got severely hurt, disrespected, disappointed, and therefore we stay away from small groups. Well, here's what I want to tell you. If you have had a bad small group experience in the past, try again. Try again. That is what it means to give a small group a real chance, is to try again. But here's what it also means. It doesn't mean to show up once and stop attending. Giving it a real chance means you are going to complete the seven or ten weeks of gatherings. Why that length of time? Well, because we know that spiritual formation takes what? Time. If you want to become more like Jesus, it takes time. Have you noticed that no one on their first day at the gym takes the before and after picture with their shirt off, right? No one does that. <laughs> like day one at the gym, let me take it off. No, they wait several weeks. And then it's still a questionable decision, right? <laughs> you know, these exercise principles, they're, they're true for exercise and they're true for our spiritual formation. Not only is time important, but also frequency, right? No one should expect to get in shape by going one hour, one time a week to the gym. We know it takes more trips to the gym. Then why would we expect to be spiritually formed if we're only gathering with other believers once a week? Does that make sense? And so frequency and time play a huge part in our spiritual formation. And I know what you're thinking. Carlos, you are talking about something that I don't have. I do not have time. What I do have is I have kids, and they play sports. And I have a demanding job. And I'm also in PA school. I get it. I hear you talking to me. Well, here's the second thing I want you to do. I want you to consider sacrificing something. I want you to make room. I want you to give something up for the sake of getting a small group community centered around the way of Jesus. Maybe you already have a gathering. It's something you get together with some people, and you can determine this week if that's fruitful for your spiritual life. Maybe that gathering has lost its purpose. Maybe that gathering was never intended to spiritually form you, and instead it distracts you and pulls you away from the ways of Jesus. What if you swapped that time with a small group time? Maybe for you, you need balance in your self-care. Maybe you are the gym rat, <laughs> and you like to go five days a week. Well, could it be possible for you to go down to four days a week and make one evening for some small group community? Could that add balance? Because God loves, he cares for your body and your soul. Amen? Maybe for you, it's, it's, a, it's a family meeting where you are going to gather with your spouse and you are going to restructure your family schedule. Maybe for you, it's looking at the activities that your children are in and sacrificing one of them. Maybe they don't have to be a three-sport athlete just yet. 
Because I was thinking about this. Here's the truth. When you think about the big picture, I believe that you, your children, will be better off long-term with a healthy, spiritually formed parent than having done all the things. Does that make sense? And so now it's up to you to talk to the Holy Spirit and ask him, what can you sacrifice to make room for authentic relationships in Christian community? I mean, think about it. What do you have to lose? A season of tryouts, and you might gain what we are desperately after, and that's rich relationship. The third thing I want you to think about is this. Have proper expectations. I want you to go into this. I want you to go into a group with a sober lens because we all know that there is no perfect community. So settle this beforehand in your heart and in your mind. Doing authentic life together means that people around you will offend you. Did you know that? Just here a few minutes ago in the classic, someone said, hey, Carlos, you came in here looking like the Salvadorian uh, Marty McFly. It's like, what's up, McFly? What's up, Back to the Future? And I just just took it, right? I took it. And so here's, here's what you need to know. Don't leave the group. Don't quit the first time you get offended. Because it's going to happen. Not only are you going to offend, get offended, but did you know that you are going to offend others? Yeah, I know. It's shocking, right? Because here's, here's the truth about authentic relationships. Um, if they aren't, if there isn't a healthy degree of offense, then they're not authentic. They're shallow. You're tiptoeing around each other. You're just an acquaintance. You're not truly facing each other's real life. You know, Pete Scazzaro, who, um, who writes a whole bunch of stuff on emotional health, he says this, community exposes what is actually inside of you. How many of you want to sign up for that, right? <laughs> no way, right? He calls it the shadow, uh, shadow side. He says, we all have a shadow side. It's the untamed emotions we all live with and are completely blind to. That's, that's the gift of marriage, right? When you marry someone and then all of a sudden you realize, I'm not perfect, right? And um, Mark Homer, he says, this, uh, he, says, he says it like this, we are at our worst with the people we are closest to. In community, our real self comes out. And so this is what makes authentic relationships both scary yet absolutely needed. It's the only way we can grow and become more like Jesus. And so could you imagine living more authentically with a small group of people with the goal of becoming more like Jesus, people who have proper expectations not only of you but of themselves? So I want to invite you, give yourself the gift and others of proper uh, expectations. And then last thing I want you to do is I don't want you to go alone, and I want you to bring a friend that is not your clone. I can rap every now and then. I can rap. I can do it. it. 
As a matter of fact, I don't want you to just do this. What I want you to do is I want you to think of five. I want you to bring five. And so here's your 30-second assignment. If you have uh, uh, the notes apps on your phone or if you're writing down, I want you to take 30 seconds to list five names of diverse people that you believe God is calling you to influence, to invite, to engage. But I don't want you to list the five people you get along with. I want you to list five people that are different than you, but yet need community. They need authentic relationships. And so think about doing that. Who's your five? Don't sign up by yourself. Bring a friend and make sure they don't look, talk, and smell like you, okay? (laughs) And so I've been asking myself, because we want to be the best place for authentic relationships. What, what are going to be some of the tellers? How are we going to measure this? How will we know when we get there? And I just thought of a simple question. We will know uh, that we've met this vision when every single evergreener can answer two questions. And that's this. First is, who is looking after you? And who are you looking after? When every single one of us can confidently answer that without hesitation, then we are on path or we are experiencing what we believe God has designed for us the entire time. In biblical language, in Galatians 6, 2, uh, we are instructed to do this. It's simply by carrying each other's burdens. And so whose burden are you prepared to carry? And who has decided that whatever burden you're going through, they're going to have your back. They're going to look after you. They're a phone call away. They're a visit away. They're a text away. That's the goal. That's what we want all of us to experience. And here's the thing. I mean, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't say it to boast. I say it to praise God. But I realized this week that I am relationally rich. I am relationally rich. Here's what I mean by that. There is nothing that I can face in this life, big and small, home project, life crisis, financial question, marriage troubles, right? character flaw. There is nothing that I can face or experience where I don't have two to three people that come to mind that I can call that I know that are going to pick up, they're going to hear me out, they're not going to shame me, they're not going to judge me, but they're going to hold me accountable, they're going to call me out on my junk, they're going to speak truth to me, and then after they're done, they're going to check up back on me. For every single thing in my life, I have people that I can call. And that's what I want for every single one of us, that we can all say, you know what, I'm lacking a lot of things, But when it comes to relationships, I am rich. And the reason why I want you to experience this is because of the benefit that comes with having authentic relationships when you need them the most. And so as I was contemplating, how did I get here? How did I get so rich in relationships? I thought of my secret. Can I give you my secret? Here's my secret. For the last 16 years, 
I've invested myself, I've poured in, I've said yes to Jesus-centered communities. In other words, I've been an active participant in a local church, several. And that's what I want you to know, that when you lean into the body, you get the gift of relationship. When you live in vulnerability, you get the gift of relationship. And so I know this stuff works. I know that it is absolutely needed. When I've needed people the most that love Jesus, they've been there. Because let me tell you that it was members of Valley Park Church, a small Baptist church in North Hills, California, that were there for me as a 22-year-old when I suffered from a severe depressive episode. And I remember my John Y. Lee, my youth pastor, he watched me walk away from the faith because I was so mad at God. And I stopped attending and I stiff-armed his phone calls and his text messages and I ignored him on MySpace. Remember that? (laughs) I did all those things. I did it for several months. In other words, I walked away from the people that loved me. And here, here, here I was, 23, saying, I need Jesus, I need community. And I walked in and Did they judge me? Did they cast me out? Did they make me have to go through some kind of new membership class? Absolutely not. They embraced me. They loved on me. It was uh, multiple faith communities that walked beside me that as a 30-year-old, when my first marriage ended in an unwanted divorce, as I face the most significant betrayal and shame and disruption in my young life. It was believers that didn't abandon me, that walked beside me, that led me and helped me into a path of restoration and healing. It was a faith community called Proposito LA, Purpose Los Angeles, that that not only welcomed me into their community, but they affirmed my leadership gifts and gave me a shot and empowered me and allowed me to serve in multiple ministries after a couple years of being restored. And that, those opportunities, they, they not only blessed me, but they grew me. They matured me. And it was you, Evergreen, that as Ilsen and I moved here to the Pacific Northwest, Maybe knowing half a dozen people in the entire region, it was you that welcomed us. You met our practical needs, and you made space to get to know us, to build a relationship. Relationships that now, almost four years old, are beginning to feel very real and rich and needed and enjoyable and challenging. And so thank you for being that church that loves people. So I want to invite you to stand up as we end because I want you to respond to what God has put on our hearts today. And here's what I want to do. I believe that every now and then we need to physically move our bodies in response to God. And I'm not going to make you go anywhere further than your aisle, but I want to ask you two questions. And the first one, I want you to respond by taking half step with your right leg. And that's this, is 
whether it's for the first time or for the millionth time, if you are someone that in this season you want to grow closer to God, you want to understand God by understanding his son, Jesus Christ, if you want to continue to follow him or even say yes to follow him, then I want you to take half a step with your right foot. If that's you today, you don't have to. Um, We're all kind of in our own personal space. If you're online, you can respond to this. But if you want to step into relationship with God for the first time or deeper, that's your right foot. So God, we just, we pause because you are, you are the, the igniter of life. You are the source. You're the reason. You designed us to walk with you in the garden. We were meant to know you every single day of our lives. We were meant to be able to call you by name and be helped and guided and taught by you. But Father, we know that we have fallen short, we've made mistakes, we've been distracted. And so, Lord, we come in with a humble heart and say, receive us again. We're choosing you. Help us to understand what that means. Welcome us once again into your family. We thank you that we can be in relationship with you. And as we consider the next step, I want us to consider who are the people that God is calling us into deeper relationship with? Who's the five? Who's the neighbor? Who's the coworker? Who's the sister-in-law, brother-in-law, adult child that you're saying, God, you want me to lean into this relationship? You want me to pour into this relationship? You want me to be available for this person or persons? If, they ha- if there's someone in mind or if that's something you want to do, then take a step with your left foot. So, Father, as we love you and receive our love from you, God, would you help us to love others, those that you've put in our path, God, those people that are close to you, those people that have yet to get to know you, God, would you help us to be your hands and feet and your mouthpiece? Would we be people of love and peace and patience and invitation? Lord, would we be authentic in these relationships that you've assigned to us, God? Would we orient ourselves once again to following you and loving others? And Lord, may the result of loving you and loving people, God, be that we get to enjoy the life you've always meant for us, a life of abundant joy and blessing, God. And may we be excited for this season May we face hard things. Would you do miracles amongst us? Would we see you in a brand new way? God, and most importantly, would you be glorified through what you are doing here at Evergreen? But not only here, but also near and also far. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all of these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen.